Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Happy Easter, everyone. And I hope you all had a fun weekend. So today's episode is with the one and only Michael Matier. And he has a fascinating career, right? He's one of the top dog breeders in the United Kingdom. But it's not even just about the dog breeding with him. It's about how he built his brand. We dive into some of the fundamental principles that you need to build a community, how you need to build momentum, how you need to niche down, and then even go down beyond that, and then create value. If you've ever thought about being a thought leader, definitely an episode for you. If you've ever thought about being an influencer, Definitely an episode for you. And if you've ever thought about growing your audience and amplifying them, hey, this is an episode for you. So check it out. Let me know if you have any other questions. I've been enjoying interacting with some of you. I know a lot of you have asked for one-on-ones, so I am taking on a few one-on-ones. If you're interested in in, um, learning how to build a speaking career or uh, becoming a thought leader in your space, so send me an email or hit me up on social media at Ty Roxon. But enough about that. Enjoy this episode. It's really great, and I love this guy. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Michael Matier. I just, we just actually met on Instagram because uh, he, he let me know who he was, and I've got to tell you, I was diving into a story, really fell in love with his brand, and I just did a Facebook Live with him with uh, one of my uh, uh, close friends and business partners. And now we're here on the podcast. So let me tell you why he's interesting. Michael is the founder of Mokara and it's the fastest growing dog company in the UK. We're going to be talking a lot about thought leadership, but also growth hacks, community building, family, travel, love, and just how to really leverage your time for attention. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you so much for having me, Tayo. I've been a a long uh, a fan for a long time, and it's a real privilege to be to be talking to the man himself. <laughs> now, nah, the, the pleasure is mine. I, I mean, I'm a new fan of yours, and just learning about what we're going to talk about later in the episode, how you've grown your community and how you niche down. I think it, it's something that a lot of people in the audience are going to be keen keen to really want to understand. But take us back, take us behind the curtain. I know you, you love going behind the curtain a lot of times to <laughs> to be this <laughs> this wizard yeah. of Oz. Uh, uh, but tell us who you are and what you do. 
So um, I have a, a wonderful wife. Uh, behind every good man, they say, is a, is a wonderful woman. Um, Faith, we've married for seven years. We have um, three young children. We have a four-year-old, Sarai. We have a two-year-old, Rachel. And we have a six-month-old, Levi. And uh, everything that we do is obviously premised around uh, the family. And we have uh, four little wonderful French bulldogs. And we've, uh, we've had a, a small hobby breeding program for, for many, many years. I've always been involved with some aspect of um, dog breeding. It's just been something I thoroughly enjoy. But right back at the beginning, um, we've always enjoyed um, having one or two puppy litters of these French bulldogs. So for your audience, anybody who doesn't know what a French bulldog is, it's a little dog. Basically, it looks like a bulldog, but it's got little pointy ears. And they're a very popular breed because of their characteristics. And um, and over the years, we, we built up a very big uh, social media following around this breed. The breed then became the number one breed in the UK last year. And um, the number one problem with the breed was uh, nutrition. And obviously, that's a problem common in all breeds, in all the doggy world. And so we set out to solve that problem by creating a, a dog food product in a supplement range which solves those problems, and we, we built those recipes and that knowledge base as to what those recipes and foods and supplements should look like from our social media, media communities that we built over a long time. So um, we, we, we worked with a social, a very big social audience to create something that they wanted, and then we went and had it manufactured, and then we, we sell it to the general public. So it's been a fantastic learning cycle and a, a real great journey. That's amazing to me. It's amazing to me because, you know, I love that you have something so specific, rather, that you are the number one in UK. You're the number one dog breeder of French bulldogs in the, in the UK. Well, that, 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 is, that is so specific. And I'm so always eager to understand how people figure out the niche and then go to the micro niche level. Because a lot of times yeah. people, people are afraid. They're like, no, that limits my market. That doesn't allow me to to go to the reach that I want to do that. But can you educate yeah. us on the process? Yeah, so just a disclaimer, the opinion that I'm the, the number one French bulldog breeder is definitely in my household and, and I, anybody that has uh, has any wonderful little puppies off of us. But obviously, the, the breeding world is always opinionated and everybody's programs the best. So, right. but it's just, so, so, you know, we do an exceptional job and we have wonderful, healthy puppies and it's just a little hobby that we do. But I think I think when you're doing with any niche, the key thing is, is is always remembering if you're trying to build a brand or a business or, or anything that, that is going to help you and become sort of an aspect of your life, it's got to add as much value to the recipient as possible. So um, to put that into context, you know, if we're going to if we're going to sell a dog food and we're going to create a dog recipe, it's got to be the greatest dog food recipe and treat range supplement that the world has ever seen. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. So the so the key thing is is to create create the best version of what you can do and then add the most value to the recipient's life as possible, um, wow. and then and then then you kind of move into a different category as we were discussing earlier is attention. So once you once you create the best version of what you can do, whether it's a speaking, uh, whether it's a speech, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, whether it doesn't matter what it is, but when you create the best most valuable version of what you can do, then you've got to get the attention. And that's kind of phase two is how to get the, the, the best recipients of your, of your, your product or service. Uh, that's amazing because I obviously know what the attention is because I just did a Facebook Live on, 
with yeah. this, and you were talking about this amazing process you have, but um, yeah. I just want to highlight what you just said. You, you know, you're just talking about focusing on, on, you know, being the best at that and, yeah. and making sure that you're the person that's providing value. It comes down yeah. to providing value. I, I always like my listeners and nomads and, and uh, entrepreneurs and everyone that, that listens to this in 150 countries to understand that if you want to be someone that is seen as an, an influencer, a thought leader, or an expert in something, you have to be <laughs> able to have a consistent track record of solving problems. And so yeah. if you can do that and then we go to the next step that you're about to talk about, um, get attention for that, you're, you've <laughs> hit that jackpot. So you figured out a problem that you wanted to solve. What was the problem you wanted to solve? It was the, the nutritional space. So it was basically dog nutrition. Um, there's a lot of dogs in the UK and around Europe and around the world. Um, I, I noticed the trend. So, I mean, I'm, I'm 31 years old currently and, um, and I've got young children. We decided to have children. But I noticed a lot of my peers and a lot of people in the same generational profile as myself that they were n- not having children. They were having dogs. And th- the key aspect of that is, is that, you know, p- around the world in, in sort of Western countries, you, you tend to find that the demographic of people having children is a little bit later. They tend to be, for whatever reason, taking a puppy as a stepping stone towards building their family. And so that is what we categorize as our niche was the, the the new dog owner. And then we started trying to add as, as much value to that space as we could by solving the number one problem, which was nutrition. Because obviously, if if this dog is now a member of the family, which is obviously premised, the brand Mokara is Irish Gaelic for my friend. And it, it has a, a warm family aspect of being a, a friend that's accepted into the family. That's what Mokara means. And um, then we need to make sure that that dog goes through its entire life as healthy and as happy as it can and, and give as much joy and happiness to the family um, as, as that dog um, that dog can throughout its life. And anybody that owns a dog will understand and if it doesn't, will think they're crazy. So it's a funny, it's a funny niche, yeah. but um, it's, a, it's a wonderful market to be in and we're thoroughly enjoying um, giving as much value to it as we can. And that's okay, right? You you figured out the problem you want to solve, and that thing that you just talked about, where you you understood that a lot of people are having fur babies instead of, of human babies, is so yeah. key because you are able instantly to be relatable to to your to whoever you talk to. You can say, "Look, I'm mm-hmm. helping a fellow family member of yours have a longer, healthier life." You know, would you yes. be interested in that? And you, you identified that. Not only did you identify a niche, you spoke to the need of many people. You, you wouldn't find many people in the world who don't want to, you, you know, to care for their children. You just started the podcast talking about your kids and your wife. That's a exactly. big, big motivator. So I love that you did that. And mm-hmm. that's key for anyone listening. Be able mm-hmm. to speak to the heart and minds of people with whatever it is that you're trying to do. And then you have a higher chance of getting yes. So, mm-hmm. um, Let's go on to the, the, the attention piece. So you got the first yeah. part down. You know what you're good at. Your expertise is this. Even though it's subjective, I'm going to say you're the number one breather. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, how, do you, how did you then get to the, to the point where people were recognizing you for your work? So the, the next thing is you're quite rightly highlighted is the attention. So anybody that's starting a business or, or trying to grow any aspect of a service or, or any aspect of of um, helping others, you can have the best product on planet Earth, but if nobody knows you, they can't buy from you. So you've got to get into a space where they can find you. Um, if I wanted to find um, Christians, for talking sake, I would go to 
uh, a church. If I wanted to find Muslims, I would go to a mosque and, and, and so on and so forth. So you have to find, you have to have a little think about who it is you're targeting and where is the honeypot? Where is the watering hole? You know, imagine a, imagine in the Serengeti, hot, hot, dry, uh, dry desert, the watering hole all of a sudden turns into this tiny little hot spot and all the animals from all around all travel to this one drinking well. And so you've got to identify that. Now, we identified that the majority of dog owners are on Facebook, and that's a pretty um, obvious, I suppose. But there's actually very tactical Facebook groups that are specific to each niche of the dog dog world. So there's breeds, and then there's there's uh, holidays for dogs, and all advice, and there's vets for dogs, and all these fantastic groups. So it doesn't matter what your product or service is. I would recommend on Facebook you start joining the relevant niche for that group for that for that that niche and uh and start monitoring what's going on and then start me messing around with the search function on those facebook groups and and sort of find out what's the common problem that if solved would be a great benefit to everybody that's involved in that niche so i've noticed the trend obviously with the food world the food aspect and the health of this, this most popular breed in the UK now, which was the French Bulldog. So I started the French Bulldog DNA and Health Advice group and just tried to add as much value to that group as I could. And naturally all breeders and owners and all different people around the UK with, with a French Bulldog join the group. We also have a nutritional group and we have a, a naughty dog group and we have all different niches within <laughs> the categories. And it naturally attracts attention and people come to get their problems solved. And then in the solving process, in the value chain, you actually are able to then, once you've solved the problem and added value to their life, introduce the next tier, which is for us, the dog food range, and then hopefully add more value until they become a lifelong client. Wow. So I would I would say that a starting block, if you don't know where your water and hole is, is maybe just get on Facebook, it's free, play around with the search fun functions, try and find some groups, join some groups, try and add some value, find the problem, solve the problem then create a group premised around that problem and invite others to come in and add value to the problem-solving process. Ah, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's all about the problem-solving there. And, and yeah. to get on this, to really give an insight into your world, can you just talk about the amazing growth you've had with Facebook groups? Because you, you said you search and you do that, but you, your audience right now is incredible. And you have access to the people you want in your industry buying your product and you all have them highly engaged across several groups. Can you explain yeah. what, what your groups are and how you've built them? Yeah, so, so the, 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 most, the highest expense for any business is always customer acquisition. So if you're going to try and grow a business, you need to make sure that every single penny or every single effort or time or whatever it might be is applied in a way that gets the maximum return on your time, effort, or money. So for us, if we just started trying to attract every dog owner in the UK, we would hit our head up against the wall, which is that everybody else in the UK is doing that. Any other dog food companies, that's what they're doing. So we identified as a breeder myself, as a hobby breeder, I knew how to relate to other breeders. Now, we, we attracted all the big breeders and, and uh, encouraged them to come on and share information, share content, uh, and to learn about the healthy aspects of dog breeding. And when they all joined this group, we, we, they, we then had them interacting and, and adding value to each other's lives, but we started them on the value, the value chain and the value ladder. And so mathematically, for every one person that we attract, they own one dog. 
but every one breeder that we have tracked, they own between five and eight dogs. So those five to eight dogs will have between five and eight puppies per year. And so if you do the math, if you say uh, every customer we acquire that's a normal person is obviously one, but every breeder that we attract is potentially access to another 64 other dogs because of how their breeding program works. But the breeder is a highly influential character in the new dog ownership cycle because it's a person of influence, person of trust, and basically given this this new owner family a a, a wonderful member in addition to their family, which is a, a little puppy. Yeah. So we 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 target those people. So for talking sake, one of our groups has about six and a half thousand uh, members that are all breeders. Um, and if you do the math, all of a sudden we've got access around the UK to 350,000 puppies per year, all healthily produced by these family, by these breeders passed on to good families. And then we try and get involved in that cycle and add the nutritional aspect is the next la- ladder that we would be focusing on. That's, that, that's, that's so, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I always nerd about these things because I love community building. I love when yeah. people can congregate around one common goal. So yeah. Facebook groups in the last year has definitely been getting a lot of uh, interest and attention and people that do it right get that, oh, I have, <laughs> you know, X amount thousand. How, mm-hmm. how did you figure out how to growth hack your way to success? And, you know, not just growing yeah. your group where people aren't engaged. You actually have highly engaged people. So how did you yeah. get the right type of people in your group? Yeah. So the, the number one starting point I would say is find the biggest group in your niche and just quietly go in there. And I, and I we, we, you referred to it at the, at the beginning, Tayo. I refer to it as the Wizard of Oz theory. <laughs> so if you imagine what, you imagine what the Wizard of Oz is, you know, there's a yellow brick road to Emerald Palace and there's this beautiful big kingdom all based on, on precious everything and it's, it's wealthy and, and abundant. And then, you know, they go into the, the room and there's this big loud voice, I am the Wizard of Oz. And I say, but at the end of the day, just behind the curtain was this little guy in his underwear just shouting, I am, I am the wizard. And he's, and he's working sort of covertly in, in the background. And that's what I would say is the growth hack that you can use to get your groups really big. So what you do is you join a big group and you quietly start adding value and if you keep an eye on the top ranking posts on that group, which is just by using the search function, you can have a look at which uh, topics are the most common. So for talking sake in the dog world, it was the food topic. Maybe your niche is speaking. And uh, the, the number one problem of, of, the, of the speaking group is that confidence is the issue or whatever it might be. And then your new group that you've set up, you can piggyback the old group by in the thread, the, the comments thread, adding a comment saying, well, this group adds lots of value to this subject. And naturally, if there's 150 comments on that thread to that, that original status post, those people will all be notified. You've just got attention for free that will drive traffic to your new group. And then that group will exponentially grow based upon how many times you do that and how much value you add in that in that process. So that's how we grew so quick, so fast, was um, we just targeted very specifically a certain niche and found the biggest threads and the biggest groups um, and then posted on those threads a very subtle Wizard of Oz type approach, just very quietly, I'm not saying this is my group join, anything like that, just saying this group really helped me on topic <laughs> X. And then naturally you can watch people just pile in, into your group. Wow. Wow. And it, it, look, this takes, obviously it takes a lot of work, research and time, but yep. I would say if, if you really care about what you want to be a thought leader in, 
you mm-hmm. will put in the work, right? It's not, there's no substitute for hard work, right? But what, what you exactly. explained here was working smart as well as working hard, right? Yeah. So I, I love that. Yeah, you have, to, you have to work very laser focused, you know, like if you think of light, if I take a torch and shine it at the wall, it just puts light onto the wall. But if I take a laser and I, I, I really laser, laser, laser focus that light, I can cut the wall in half. And, and that's what you're doing is you're pinpointing, you're laser focusing into the aspect that's going to give you the most reward for your effort. Because at the end of the day, it's all fine and dandy talking about growth hacks and the rest of it, but they only work if you work. And the key is getting to work, and that's uh, that's the absolute foundation, is finding that laser point focus and then making it work. Absolutely. Now, with your group, how big, uh, how big are your, your, your group now? Rather? Well, the major group for the breeders is 6,500, um, which in Facebook group terms isn't very big. But it's the, the numerical multiplication that, that rolls out, how many dogs that they own and how many puppies are produced. So my, my, my audience is the dog. Don't care about the owners or the breeders, essentially. Just care about the health and nutrition of the dog. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And so our access to our group essentially is actually towards the sort of half a million mark whenever you add up all, all the groups that we have. Um, and that's who we target is we've just multiplied our efforts across the biggest spectrum to give the most amount of, of impact and value and then introduce our product, which we believe is the most viable and, and, and best on the market. So that's how we get attention is, first of all, adding a layer of value, solving a problem, <clears throat> being persistent. And then laser focusing into that clientele that multiplies uh, exponentially. And then once you do that, it's just all maths. Wow. Wow. Quick maths. <laughs> uh, sorry, exactly. That's, that's uh, you know, I don't know if you follow. Never mind. I'm sorry. This is, th- th- yeah. it's a big, uh, big shack is a, one of my, my brother's favorite British comedian in there. And he's always saying quick all maths. Right. But <laughs> he, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about here mm-hmm. is I love how you focused on, on what you said with value and you focus mm-hmm. on, on the community. It's still the same thing, value, but also mm-hmm. being more strategic and all that. Can you take us into the world where you started to reach out, where you started to do outreach and mm-hmm. the process you, you put yourself through so that you were making sure you were connecting with the right people that could possibly mm-hmm. take your product in and put them in their stores and shelves? Yeah. So for us, obviously, we are in the product space. We're in the consumable space. So what I recommend any business, any service, any product, the, the main thing to do is, is write down a list of the top 10 
people, companies, influencers, uh, clientele, whatever you want to refer to as, write down the top 10 list. Don't worry, don't feel scared about, you know, writing Walmart down or writing McDonald's or writing you know, Justin Bieber or whoever it is, doesn't matter. Write down a, a top 10 list that if you landed one of those deals would just be a game changer. You know, you'd call up your other half and go, yes, we've done it. We've done it. We've made it. We can rock and roll. We can conquer anything. So you, you write down that top 10 list and then you strategically work through that list and, and, and really narrow down. So for talking sake, if I write down the top 10 retailers around the UK, I will then try and work out who who's the buyer, who's the buyer for each of those companies that makes the decision to roll our product out or not. So once you find that key influencer, uh, you end as a key decision maker, and it might just be a straight client. Like you might just want to be the consultant for Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie or whoever it is. But just write, you need names. You need names of these people that say yes or no to your incredible service. So write down a top 10 list. And then you've got to really start racking your brains as to how do you get into these people's world? Because these people are so busy, so popular, so famous, or so big that if you call, email, or text, they'll never respond to you. They'll never respond to you. And so you've got to take the time to think almost through their eyes is what's important to them. So what we done was we would take the top 10 influencers, the top 10 businesses that we would like to do business with, find the top 10 buyers, but then we would take another layer and say, well, of each of these buyers, who are the top 10 people that are most important in their life? You know, a sister, a brother, a best friend, a work colleague, whoever it is. And then we write that list down. So every one of your top 10 will then have another top 10 influential people in that inf- that number one uh, client space. And you end up with a list of about 100 people. Wow. And you can reach out to all those people because they're actually accessible. So say, for example, your number one client has a following base on Instagram of 2 million. Well, they're never going to reply to you. But maybe is maybe the brother or the sister or the cousin or the girlfriend or the granny or whoever it is that you are able to somehow find via social media. Or even their dog. I mean, we always target dogs, but you'll find you'll find something, and then just start targeting them with free product, free services, or free value, in which you can almost turn a cold opportunity into a warm opportunity into that dream client's life. So you'll 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 eventually end up with, like I said, a top ten list of that top ten list that will multiply into a hundred, and then you just work your way methodically through that list via social media, via whatever platform you want to use, think outside the box and try and get a warm introduction into that key target's life. And that's how you, uh, you, you, you're able to almost sidestep the, the attention aspect of that, of that key player. Wow. Wow. That's, that, yeah, I, I just, I'm so curious what led you down this path because that is so methodical. That is so yeah. precise. You just figured out yeah. what you're doing. It must've been through a lot of trial and error, right? Of course. Of course. I mean, You've got to have the right motivations. You've got to, when you do things, you've got to believe in your product or service so much, so much that you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that it works. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you've got to, you've got to put it into context. Like I, you know, we really believe in our product. We designed it for our own uh, French bulldogs that we own. We designed it for our friends and our family. We designed it for these communities. And now it needs to go nationwide. Now it needs to go international. And those people need to know that they're going to miss an opportunity. So you have to believe in your product. So put it this way. Let's say you have a cure to cancer, right? You have a cure to cancer and that key client that you're targeting has cancer. Anybody with any moral compass would do everything they could on planet Earth to get that solution, that cure to cancer in front of that person because it's so important. And that's kind of 
along the lines of how you have to think about your product or service. You have to believe in it so much that heaven or hell won't hold you back from getting them to understand the product and service and add value to their life or to their business or to their company or to whatever other aspect that key client might be covering. That's why it's really important, like you said, to really commit to being the best at what you're doing and understanding that, hey, you're not going to sell some product that's crappy. So a lot of times, I'm sure you've seen this, but sometimes when people have the wrong motivations, they they, they want to be known for something. And then you dig Mm -hmm. deeper. You ask them, well, what do you want to be known for? I want to be known for, uh, well, I speak and I sort of talk. And then you ask them, what do you want to speak about? They're like, well, you know, people have said I'm good at this, but I haven't really done anything before, so I think I could just do, you know. Basically, they're telling you they'll, they'll wing it. And, yes. And, and that's on very shaky foundation. But if you speak yeah. to someone and tell you, well, I want to do this because this is this is why I want to do it and I'm doing this for this reason, you, you find mm-hmm. that those, those type of people are more uh, motivated, but the confidence that they've had through trial and error, whether it's personal or professional experience, often guides them. And when, when people yeah. ask, how did you stick it out through all those tough times you know the answer is why i had no other option it was just yes. kind of what i had to do so uh, i love that you're putting that up and to that to that end what is your why what is your motivation why do you do what you do yeah so i mean my why is quite deep and quite personal but to put it into into words for you guys i mean at the end of the day you know i have a, I have a wonderful beautiful family and I, I don't work hard to 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 have big watches or big cars or big holidays or big lifestyles. I mean, the reality is, you know, all that being said, we live on an economic planet. We live on a planet where money is very important. Money isn't important, but the things that are important need money. And, you know, my goal is to be able to provide for my family and my close friends and the next generations after me, if I can, as much as I can to my best ability financially, but also with time, with attention, and, and and in any other way I can help out. So, you know, we, we're building a, a very a very powerful business that's premised on a very simple principle that family is important. And the, in our space, the Makara space, the dog is a crucial aspect of that family. You know, when I was when I was younger, you know, uh, we we had a big German Shepherd, and you know, my dad would always take us on walks, and we'd have talks. We'd always have the best chats when we we're out with the dog. And um, if we were in the house, there was clutter, there was Xbox, there was TV. But when we're going to walk in the dog, it, it really laid a fundamental that, you know, the dog can add a lot of value to a family's life. Not every family, but the majority of families, I would say. And uh, it just gives an interesting dynamic. So I'm very, very passionate about um, about making sure that our business is successful, that we get the correct attention, we get the right attention, that the product is exceptional, that we grow sustainably, that we add value to people's lives. And uh, and then naturally, as a byproduct of all of those values, that um, I can add as much value to my family's life as possible whether that be economically spiritually physically emotionally mentally whatever it might be mm. so that's really my my, my core why is, is obviously that ability to serve my family that's a, that's a beautiful why and, and that's that's the motivation <laughs> and one thing i always tell people is sometimes they have to move beyond the why to find out the why beyond the why right you know some yeah. some of you yeah. why i want to win a gold medal but why do you want to win a gold medal i want to have enough money for my mm-hmm. own parents you know and it starts to go mm-hmm. back and forth like that so um, understanding why you do what you do is super important and is often one of the things that can uh, pull you through difficult moments. So yes. let's talk about where you're from, sir. You're from Yorkshire. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yorkshire. From the, the, one, the wonderful city of York, York. which is part of uh, Yorkshire. And it's a wonderful place to live. We're about just under four hours north of London. Mm. And um, 
it's a it's a wonderful place. There's a lot of history in the city of York. There's there's a castle. There's a beautiful uh, ancient wall that surrounds the city. There's a lot of Viking history. Mm. There, it's a, it's a wonderful culture, a wonderful area of the world to live. Fantastic schools. It really is it is a fantastic place. Anybody that's visiting the UK. I would highly highly recommend to swing by York. It's a beautiful city. Uh, look, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, tell us about York. <laughs> you already did. So, that's, <laughs> but hey, I, I know that you you are you also a Scotsman. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I am indeed. That. So I was raised in, in Glasgow, um, and my my dad's from from Ireland. So and my wow. mum's Scottish, and we live in England. So I'm very I'm the purest form of a, a mongrel British. Yeah, uh, <laughs> British lad is you can <laughs> you can have. <laughs> You're definitely a United Kingdom British. Now, I often, I often have this conversation with with uh, my British friends. Yeah. Can you explain the difference with the United Kingdom, yeah. Great Britain, and yeah. you know, like England? Because sometimes in the Olympics, mm-hmm. I think there's some competitions that the the you compete together, and then in the World mm-hmm. Cup, it's a little different. Or Commonwealth, mm-hmm. it might be different. So, what's the difference yeah. with UK, Great Britain, and all that? That's a fantastic question. I don't. I don't, I don't even think we know. <laughs> uh, if if I was to, if I was to hazard a guess, I would say um, that the United Kingdom is literally a kingdom made up of England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. Mm. So those are four separate cunt, country entities that all adhere under Great Britain, which is the the monarch or the Queen's land, and. That's how I would describe it best. Yeah. So there's the United Kingdom, which you refer to the the countries involved, and Great Britain, I would assume, is the uh, aspect under the the monarchy. But I, I'm just literally no, I'm not on Wikipedia hey, or I'll have a look afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great question, though. No, that's good. No, I, I always love. I, I mean, I love you know things about travel just because I grew. You know, I'm a Nigerian, and I grew up sort of moving around different places. I'm very uh, and what, two of my favorite people actually have Scottish connections. I'm a staunch Manchester United fan, so we had yeah, Sir Alex good. Ferguson. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know they're frustrating me right now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but and, and um, one of my favorite authors, J.K. R- R- Rowling. Um, oh yeah, to, she's fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. she used to write um, in Scotland, right? She used to write in one of the. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't remember the place, but I remember it was a Scottish place that she used to go go up there to write. And yeah, and and on that note, so one of the one of the scenes at Harry Potter where they're going in the marketplace, that yeah. is actually taken from a street in York City Centre called the Shambles, mm. and the the street literally is like crooked and overhung and windows wonky, and that's that's a historical street that's been maintained that way. But they actually used that street to produce the scene in Harry Potter yeah. of the wonky market. That's so incredible. it's a Oh, it's, it's a fantastic tourist landmark. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. But okay, so before I continue to just geek out and continue to talk about this, let's yeah. let's um, let's talk about what your end goal is. I know why you do what yeah. you do. I know the mm-hmm. amazing community you've built. I know that this mm-hmm. is only going to continue to expand. What is the re- um, what's the end goal? What do you want to be remembered for when it's all said and done? Um, oof, that's a deep question. That. That's a that's a good question. I like it's a that deep question. podcast, Michael. Oh, it is. No, it's no, it's it's good. You know, and it's refreshing because I think it's important that people understand. What is it on on the famous movie Shrek? People are like onions; <laughs> they have layers. To quote Shrek, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, I've got to be honest. When you said famous movie, I was not expecting Shrek to come out of your mouth. <laughs> I know that was the, that was the the British sarcasm coming out a little bit there, but um. 
Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the end goal is 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 family and prosperity. You know, the ability to 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 have my family happy, healthy, to serve as many people as I can. Um, and and one day, one day, I know this is a little bit deep, but like one day, be accountable to my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. You know, because at the end of the day, life is all about living. It's hard. There's highs. There's lows. But I think when you get to the core of it, you know how you how you overcome that does affect. Uh, the next generation and you know I, I work very very hard for my for my family and for the ability to one day be accountable to to, to grandchildren and great-grandchildren and uh, I think that gives gives a little bit of boost you know like when I'm walking into a picture in front of a big buyer you know there's, there's a big buyer there I remember I was waiting to, to to pitch in front of a one of the biggest buyers in the UK a big retail supermarket and I was in the reception area and there's a couple other people waiting there to pitch their products and they're all shaking and they're all you know, going and getting their coffee and some are going out for cigarettes and everybody's all nervous. And I just, I had a moment of nervousness and then I just had a flash in my head of being accountable to my grandchildren one day and telling them how I went in there and got that deal and um, and went in and, and done exceptionally well out of it. So I think if you dig deeper outside of your own self and your own your own needs and, and take on a, a strength that I believe comes from the family, then you enter into a new a strength ability. That's beautifully said. Love it. And mm-hmm. I, I love when uh, guests go deeper. And mm-hmm. if people want to go deeper with you, where can they find you? Yeah. Well, you can follow me on Facebook, Michael Matier. Um, you can check out our company, which is Mokara, M-O-C-A-R-A. So that's uh, Michael, Oscar, Charlie, Alpha, Romeo, Alpha.co.uk. And we're also on Instagram, uh, at Real Mokara. And um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty findable if you know the brand and know my name. Yeah. And, uh, and if we can if we can help anybody, I mean, we genuinely like to reach out to people and, and help as much as possible. So um, definitely reach out to us. Absolutely. And uh, I've got to tell you, I've only known Michael for a few weeks, but he's a uh, you know, real stand-up guy and he's very helpful. Like, <laughs> I asked him, I was asking him at the beginning of the podcast, you know, what can we do to help uh, promote what you're doing? He's like, I just want to make sure this is the best, pos- best podcast interview you've ever had. <laughs> so that's the type of guy that you're dealing with. Um, yeah. But I mean, seriously, you know, check, check him out, follow his stuff. Um, he's got way more hacks. Uh, he has several principles that he's coined and they're all around growing with intention and strategy. And so if you're someone, doesn't matter if you're you know, into dogs or anything, but if you're someone that's interested in just building a community uh, through a grassroots method, um, you know, he's someone that you, you, you want to check out. But if you do know a lot of dog lovers, if you do know a lot of people that want to add fur babies to the family, also, yeah. make sure that you, you, you send them uh, towards Michael's way. Uh, so I just want to thank you. But before we go, um, I've got this final question. I ask all my guests this. You know, my, mm-hmm. my essential why, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. You know, my ultimate mm-hmm. goal is to uh, encourage people to recognize their individual worth and attach that to a vehicle that can change the world. So mm-hmm. I like to ask my guests the same question. How do you use your difference to make a difference? I use I use my difference. I'd say I'd say that uh, my difference is that I don't take failure as an option, and I use that to make things work and try my best to make sure that others know that it can work. And mm. um, I, I I thoroughly enjoy biographies of some of the most successful people on planet Earth. You know, if you think of Einstein and Steve Jobs and all these characters, they were obsessed with a fundamental principle. And they didn't take no for an answer. And they kept pushing until they added so much value to everybody's lives that they then become heroes. And so I, I really admire that. And 
and that's something that I try to try to emulate. That my difference is that I, I don't back down. I don't care if I get a no. I'll just keep going and be methodical and add as much value as I can until you end up saying yes. And when you say yes, I'll encourage others to try and achieve what they're trying to do as well. Hopefully. Facts. Facts. I love it. I love it. And th- this is what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. I don't know if you know the song, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know it well. Oh, you know it. See? Yeah, it's a good song. That that that's exactly what I was talking about. What I was trying to do. <laughs> I couldn't do it the way he did it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. Thank you so much for humoring me. Um. This has been great. I know that we're going to be con- uh, continuous friends now, especially now that mm-hmm. we're all over the place on social media. And good. um, um, I look forward to following your journey. And mm-hmm. thank you very much. This is going to be a great year, 2018 mm-hmm. for you. I can already feel it, and I know that your brand is going to. Mm-hmm be uh compounded to an astronomical level so thank you for spending the time with with me and the audience and uh mm-hmm. till next time ladies and gentlemen use your difference to make a difference you've just been listening to the as told by nomads podcast for more ways to reach out to tayo and to use your difference to make a difference head over to www.tayoroxon.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.